Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Braden Willis to tie it in. Resets to the left side. Trips left, single receiver right. Lance sets up the screen. It's knocked away, batted up in the air, and I think it may be intercepted. That ball was hit by Matt Henningsen, and I think Elijah Garcia has come up with it. It is a turnover for the Broncos, second interception of the game. Lance tried to set up the screen, and it was knocked in the air by Henningsen, and then a diving Garcia with the interception, and the Broncos in business at the 45-yard line. Now back to overtime on 95-7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues on 95.7 The Game. One hour left. Hit us up. Let us know your thoughts after the 49ers come out on top 21 to 20. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity Mobile text line. That highlight you just heard, courtesy of the Denver Broncos Radio Network. That was the low light for Trey Lance tonight. The interception on the screen pass didn't get it up over the leaping defensive lineman. Turned into a tip drill interception, but he bounced back fantastic after that. Finishes the night 12 of 18. 173 yards and a touchdown to go with that one interception but an incredible fourth quarter for Trey Lance leads the Niners on three scoring drives in the fourth quarter including a perfectly executed two-minute drill uh, to lead to the Jake Moody 32-yard game-winning field goal as time expires Again, you're listening to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. And Sterling, we have a little bit of news to pass along. Kyle Shanahan speaking with the media a little bit ago after the game, saying the starters will play next week in preseason game number three. A little bit of a surprise. Short week two being a Friday game, so Saturday to Friday. Friday night game. Man. Well, like seven? Is it seven o'clock? I think so. Don't quote me on that. I'll look it up. But, uh, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't know if I would do that if I was Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if I'd want to put Brock Purdy out there again. They could play one drive, but it is seven o'clock, by the way. Man, that's that's such a weird. It's high school football. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> Friday night lights. But how how much would you play Brock Purdy in that game? A drive. Same thing as tonight. Yeah. So why play him at all? It's a good question. Like, what is the point? Like. What is he going to gain after already getting back on the field for one drive tonight? What is he going to gain from a second one-drive performance against the Chargers? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he would gain more from playing two drives in one game and none in the other, (laughs) right? Right. right. Like, one drive here, like, five snaps here, and then five snaps six days later. I don't really know how much that helps. Well, then our... Are we going to see Trent Williams? Are we going to see George Kittle, who is kind of injured right now? That's why he didn't play today. Yeah, so... Which starters are going to play? All of them? Some of them? Which ones? I don't think Trent Williams, George Kittle, McCaffrey are playing. Well, I wouldn't play Debo or Ayuk either. I, I wouldn't play any, any starters. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel <laughs> well, about I this. Do it. Although it was really interesting the way Kyle Shanahan talked about it this week, mm-hmm. saying, like, what was it, on a Wednesday? Oh, there's a chance that Brock yeah. Woody and some of the starters play. But I don't, I don't remember exactly how he phrased it. He said something along the lines of, but, like, don't quote me on that, like... Mm-hmm. I reserve the right to change my mind. Right. So maybe he changes his mind on this too. Who knows? But for him to say it post game today makes me feel like this has been the plan all along that they're going to play him in preseason game number three. So then Friday is the dress rehearsal per se, not tonight. Maybe or today. 
What do you think, Craig? What's up? Well, that's the way it used to be back in before we had four preseason games. That third game was you always played a half. You yeah. just played that first half. And you'd punt on the fourth game. Exactly. And you didn't everybody get the guys that were back in groceries that were showing up <laughs> game four. Robert Aguayo. <laughs> Robert Aguayo, exactly. <laughs> so I think you're probably going to see him at least a quarter, maybe hmm. maybe he's halfway through. the. If he goes out and goes two t- two drives, two DDs, put a hat on, it's been real. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I think those two drives really would depend on what they do, how they finish those drives. A whole quarter of Brock Purdy in a meaningless game. Game. Meaningless. You, you care want to so win. much. You want to win, <laughs> but, but like for Brock Purdy, it's rather meaningless. Like why? I know the seven oh seven getting in rhythm. I get that, but then why play tonight and just play a whole quarter on Friday? Yeah, from the seven oh seven on the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, you can hit us up eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero seven oh seven says for the starters, it's about getting into rhythm to play a football game week after week. I get that, but how much of a rhythm are you getting in by playing a, a drive? Now, maybe Craig's right. They play a whole quarter right, next right. week, um, but you play just one drive this week. I, I guess it's the process of warming up and getting your pads on and you know hearing the national anthem and all that yes. and like getting used to it, but, but I, I, I don't would, know how much one drive really helps that. But even g- go to the defense. I would not want to see Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and maybe if Nick Bosa's back playing a full quarter. No, like, no. please don't. Like, we're paying you a lot of money to be in playoff games, not preseason games. Eric Arms said, please don't. Your injury <laughs> issues last year. We need you out there in the regular season, yeah, buddy. And, well, and, and knowing that Javon Kinlaw didn't play because he was sick tonight, and Kerry Hyder got hurt tonight, and Drake Jackson's been hurt. Taco Charlton on, on his own I, IR now, and Robert Beal Jr.'s hurt, and Kalia Davis is still hurt. And, like, you're kind of reeling on the defensive line. Why would you risk playing, if they're going to play all the starters, why would you risk playing them for a full quarter? Like, you want to be healthy going into the year, and by all means, it's one quarter. You should be able to last that long. But we've seen the defensive lines depleted right now. I would I would not want to risk that whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Of course, we'll keep you updated throughout the week here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, let's hear from Brock Purdy. I promised it earlier. Brock Purdy uh, post-game at the podium talking with the media. Obviously, his first preseason action, his first in-game action since the NFC Championship game in late January when he uh, when he popped his uh, UCL uh, ligament in his right elbow. Uh, him talking about getting out there on the field for the first time since then. Felt really good just to be out there with the guys in a, a game environment. Obviously, just get the nerves out a little bit, just the build-up to a game and everything, and then being able to you know get an early completion to to Debo and get things rolling, so it felt really good, you know, be able to get out there, drive, and honestly, just be in a game, you know, environment. Like I said, so yeah, I'm excited about it. And then he had the moment on that first drive, his his only drive of the game, where again he he did finish uh, the game four for five passing with 65 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, where he was facing a third down after taking a sack, uh, and they were down in the red zone, and he was facing pressure again, rolled left looking to throw, but ultimately decided to tuck it and run. And there was a moment he had about five yards left to gain, and he was left with a decision, Sterling. Either turn left and go out of bounds, <laughs> not get the first down, but save himself from getting hit, or cut no. to the right, try to get the first down. Save yourself, no. Or, and get hit. He ultimately decided to cut to the right, get hit, and he ended up being two yards short of the first down. Uh, and he said, quote, well, listen to it, but he said, quote, it was great. To get that first hit, yeah, honestly, yeah, it was uh, it was good to be able to you know drive and then you know be able to t- take some hits and you know get right up and run a play again after that. So it's part of the game, and honestly, you know, it helps me you know sort of settle into the game. And so thought it, thought it was pretty good to be able to go through that. I guess that's the only way it makes sense, right? Like, feels good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> feels good, not feels great. Yeah, feels good. I guess. I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, I never want my quarterback to take a hit. But if right. you haven't played in game action in forever, you're coming off of an injury, you want to prove to yourself yeah. that, hey, I, I can do this again, okay, take a hit. But it's not going to help my nerves at all watching him get hit like that when he could have just walked out of bounds. Well, any quarterback, it's like, okay, like slide, get down. Like That was the thing with Trey in his first season. He didn't know how to slide. And so for Trey, a oh big body God. guy, it's like, please slide. Like You're going to get knocked it out. And, and he did get game? hurt. It took oh a beating, and for Purdy, who's much smaller than Trey Lance, who I get it, he's, he's a feisty guy who wants to fight for every single yard, and hey, Brock, just out of bounds is so much safer and nicer. <laughs> just, just step out of bounds one yard to your left, and everything's just fine. Well, that's kind of the one thing I think you could point to last year during his run, where maybe he would 
he would try to make magic happen a little bit too much, right? Running to his left and running back to his right and spinning in circles and doing ballerina twirls exactly. and finding guys open somehow. I, there was that famous play, the the Seahawks playoff yep. game, right? Where he, <laughs> he ultimately ran around in the backfield for like 15 <laughs> seconds, it felt like, managed to avoid multiple big hits and sacks, and threw a pearl right to Brandon Ayuk, who dropped it in the end zone. Would have been... The highlight of the year, the oh, highlight yes. of the decade for the 49ers, ultimately it was a drop for Ayuk, unfortunately. But I think what a lot of people forget is at the end of that play, he took a shot, yes. Brock Purdy did. <laughs> a shot. Like, oh my God, he got hit hard. <laughs> I think if there's one area that Kyle Shanahan has probably identified and talked to him about, it's, hey, we got to be a little safer at times. So this one play, whatever, it's your first game back. Uh, but I think that is an area of emphasis for Brock Purdy this year. It's let's be a little bit safer. I know we feel like we've got a couple of guys behind you that we can survive with, right? But you're our guy, and we can't afford you getting hurt. Well, that's exactly what happened to Garoppolo in 2018. Kansas yep. City Chiefs in Kansas City, granted an actual game that matters in the regular season, but fighting for an extra yard, trying to get the comeback, and what you, you do? Lo- you love that mindset, but you just got to be smarter like, than that. Don't. Risk snapping your ACL or tearing your UCL because you want to fight for an extra yard. And I get that game in 2018 Mitchell, meant a lot more than this one did. But hey, hey, Brock, we'd rather not have to play Sam Darnold, not have to play Trey Lance, not have to p- play Brandon Allen if we need to this year. Like, we want you to be the starting quarterback all year long. You probably give us our best chance to win. Step out of bounds. It's okay. Give up on a play. It's fine. Yeah. Live to fight another down or play. All right, more Purdy here on Overtime on 95.7. Again, you can hit us up on the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. Brock Purdy was asked about Trey Lance and what he saw from potentially his backup quarterback out there tonight. Oh, it was awesome seeing him being able to finish and put a game-winning drive together, set up Moody for the game-winning kick. We all want to see him succeed and do great. So be able to go out there and just chip away, honestly. And then he put together you know, two great drives at the end. So it was awesome to see. Really excited for him. He said everyone wants to see him succeed and play well. You pair that with what Kyle Shanahan said, calling Trey Lance (laughs) the team's guy, right? (laughs) Like his boy out there. I think it brings up something interesting. We touched on it a little bit last hour, and there's a couple of texts that I think bring up some interesting points as well. This is uh, from the 209. Dylan, he attached his name to it. Uh, the team understands that Sam is a professional, but Lance is their boy. I think they will play harder. I was at the game. Everyone cheered for Lance as a fan base. We want to win or lose a bit with Lance if Brock goes down, at least for a game. Again, that's Dylan, the 209 on the Xfinity mobile text line. We're talking about how the, the team feels about him. I think mm-hmm. clearly they love him as a person. That's never been in question. Right. The question has always been, how do they feel about him as a quarterback? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a question about Brock v. Trey within the team. No. But there's certainly, I think, a conversation about Brock v. Sam Darnold within the team. They clearly have more of an emotional connection to Trey Lance. And what is 100% obvious, Sterling, listening to Niner fans, hearing them all week here on 95.7 The Game, when you're down there at training camp, and some of them are open to the public as well, and you can hear how they react and cheer. And as Dylan said here on the Xfinity Mobile text line, the crowd cheering for Trey Lance, it is 100% evidently clear the fan base prefers Trey Lance over Sam Darnold, which shouldn't surprise anyone. But there is this sense that there's a feeling within the fan base that there's no way that Trey Lance can be worse than Sam Darnold because we know what Sam Darnold is, (laughs) and he has struggled a lot in, in his career. It feels like there is a love for Trey Lance, and there's there's a portion who think that he should play over Brock Purdy as well, which I think, frankly, is just misinformed. But there's, I think, 100% of people, maybe not 100, but a lot of them (laughs) who think if there is something that happens to Brock Purdy, Trey Lance should be the first man up. He should be QB2 over Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold, what, 55 interceptions and 55 starts? Like something like, it's not good. It's not a good number. Every time Trey Lance has stepped foot on that field, whether it's starting a game or relieving a quarterback in a preseason game or even in a regular season game, you can notably and audibly hear the crowd through the TV cheering for him because there is this awe factor in the fan base that says, what is Trey Lance? We want to see this kid play. We, we want to see what he can do. There is high potential here. Uh, sure, the fan base can feel that way. I want to see Trey Lance 
prove he's you know worth that third overall pick two three years ago. Now, is the awe still there for Kyle Shanahan? I, I I truly don't think so. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's sitting back saying there's still this you know this this magic factor or this this kind of you know again this awe behind Trey Lance. That's that's kind of gone. There is no sparkle next to his name anymore. Of a here's a gold star, right? Hmm. For for Sam Darnold. I think Kyle Shanahan likes Sam Darnold far more than many people think he does. And I think he likes Sam Darnold obviously much more than the fan base does. Um, unfortunately, for the fan base, Sam Darnold is seemingly kind of holding on to the quarterback to job now to how much we will see come cut day. But the fan base, they understandably want to see Trey Lance. This team banked on him being the guy. They got rid of a guy who was really successful here. Now, didn't win the big one, but was really successful here. Team loved him. The fan base loved him. Like, he revitalized San Francisco 49er football. And you said, that's not good enough. Losing in the biggest game of the year isn't good enough. We want more. That's fine. That makes so much sense. And for the fan base to sit back and say, well, we have this guy here we don't know much about being Trey Lance and... Let's see what he can do. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to see what Trey Lance can do. And I, 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 I think that's where this is now, where the magic, the all has worn off from Kyle Shanahan towards Trey Lance, but the fan base is saying, that still exists for us. That's not gone from us. Trey Lance to us, being the fans, is still a third overall pick. He still is that you know, quote-unquote need-should-be-franchise quarterback. still has the awesome arm. He's a young kid. He's youthful. He can do so many things. His legs you know, look like he can be a star with them. Like There's still this magic next to Trey Lance's name from the fan base. Kyle Shanahan, not so much. Okay, so let's say something happens to Brock Purdy. Knock on wood. Of course, you don't want that to happen, but let's say it does. Whether it's a game, two games, whatever, more serious than that, doesn't really matter in this hypothetical. Let's assume Kyle Shanahan brings out Sam Darnold. Are they going to boo? <laughs> I think they will. <sighs> but here, if let's say they boo him. Honestly, I think they will. But they win the game still. What happens then? Is it still a, <laughs> Trey Lance should have played. Why didn't you play Trey, Kyle? Kyle's like, I, I won the game Honestly, with the guy. Honestly, I think yes. But isn't that kind of... kind of lunacy? Yes, but I think yes. <laughs> That's where we are. But, so, if Kyle Shanahan has theoretically moved on in his brain, he obviously wants Brock Purdy over Trey Lance right now, based on what Purdy has done, why are we so determined to, Trey Lance needs to play? I don't think he's moved on in his brain. You don't think so? No. I think, at this, at least coming into today, he was like, all right, I think Sam Donald's the leader in the clubhouse, as I think most of us felt. I don't think he's moved on. I don't think he's made a decision yet. I think ultimately he plans on keeping all three guys. So do I. And if you're keeping all three guys, like on a week-to-week basis, does it really matter who's QB2 officially? Do we even know officially who's QB2? Well, the one thing you don't want is, let's say, come week three against the Giants, Brock Purdy goes down and you go, hey, Kyle, who's quarterback two? I'm just going to pick on the fly who it is and we'll figure it out. Well, yeah, I mean, he has a decision made. Right. But there's a reality in which he never has to actually publicize that decision. Unless Purdy goes down. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the only reason Which he has to. Which many fans assume is inevitable. But, like, we could be at week 10, right? Okay. And Kyle Shanahan has made his decision. It's been Sam Darnold all along. But the fan base believes it's Trey Lance because we haven't been told otherwise, right? Like, there's a world in which in which he doesn't... <laughs> You're right. He makes the decision. It's the decision the fan base doesn't like, but no one actually knows because he hasn't had to make that decision in a game yet. But doesn't the depth chart have to release... Yeah, I guess. So, like, wouldn't that be the indication of, okay, I, I have picked one of these guys to be Brock Purdy's backup? Uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes I just hate the fact that there are three quarterbacks here in San Francisco. Like, why can't we just be, I don't know, like, why can't we just be the Jets? Or why can't we just be the Dolphins? You know, and, no, no. I'd rather be the Jets right now with their quarterbacks in San Francisco. You'd rather have Aaron? Aaron? Yes. 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 And that's not we me don't. saying the person. I'm just saying the quarterback situation. I'd rather have a failed Zach Wilson who you know, hasn't been very good and have a franchise veteran quarterback who's won a Super Bowl and won two MVPs in a row and Aaron Rodgers and Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. Why wouldn't you want that? Aaron Rodgers was terrible last year. You have three unproven quarterbacks here in San Francisco, essentially, right? You think you know what you have in Brock. Darnold is... 
you hope he's better than what he has been in the past in the system. And Trey's this big question mark of, you have not been good. You really haven't done anything, but we hope the magic, we hope you can still be good. You know what you're getting in Aaron Rodgers. You're getting a guy with precision passing. I don't know what I'm getting in Aaron Rodgers. He might be high half the time and in dark closets meditating, but he's going to be... He was so bad last year, Sterling. You're getting a former MVP that seems to be refocused. Again, the person, separate the person from the player. I am! He, he was he, a terrible football player last year. He did not want to be in Green Bay. I would much rather have the Jets quarterback room than this one right now. You're, we're swapping rooms, for, like quarterback this, room this, for quarterback room. Flip it exactly. I'd much rather have the Jets room. That's Elite, interesting. Simply because you know who your quarterback one is. No one out there in New York is like, you have to play Zach Wilson. No one is saying that. Because you have a bona fide QB1. San Francisco thinks they have that, and I want Purdy to be that. Are, are you saying this for the sake of all of our sanity or for the sake of the football team? Both. <laughs> Both. I agree for the sake of our sanity. It would be nice to just not be have to have you'd this. Rather have Aaron, you'd rather have Brock Purdy over Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't know what I want. Interesting. Sam, I don't think... And I love Brock Purdy, don't get me wrong. I don't think you understand how terrible Aaron Rodgers was last Great year. Great person? Probably not. But I do think as a football player... Like, Aaron Rodgers has won with so much worse in his life than San Francisco has now. You put Aaron Rodgers right now on this team? Yeah, maybe. Like, they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, bar none, top five quarterback in the NFL, at least on paper. And for our sanity, it's no one saying, play Zach Wilson, you know, play Mike White, please. Like, no one's saying that. Well, yeah, of course not. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you want that? Ugh. I, I want it for the sake of my sanity, yes. I just don't know what's the best decision for our for our football team. I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, we should mention, we failed to do it to this point, the Niners may have suffered a serious injury. Yeah. Danny Gray on the, what, opening kick of opening the game? Opening kick fell on his shoulder. Potentially collarbone injury. Going to get x-rays and see how, how severe the injury is. But could be done for the season. Hopefully it's much less than that. But the last thing you want to see is two guys who you think are going to return kicks for you this year be out before the season even starts. And two guys in your wide receiver core as well. <laughs> and it's it's already making the 53-man roster even murkier. Because we, yeah. we were talking pregame about how you're probably, at least in my opinion, you're probably going to keep six wide receivers, which includes... Ray Ray McLeod, who's injured, who has to be on the 53-man roster, and then you can transfer him to an injured list. What if Danny Gray's the exact same way? I don't know what you do then. Like, you have to carry two guys on IR. Now, if it's like a broken collarbone, done for the year, different question, right? But yes. If it's like a four weeks. What if you have to carry two guys? Then you're keeping six total wide receivers, but two of them are going to be injured. So you're only going to have four active wide receivers on your initial 53-man, oh, but you're going to hope whoever you cut makes it through waivers, and you can pick him back up and add him again. That sucks. <laughs> I'm just putting a bundle. Like, that's not good. It's not good at because, all. Because, so who do you carry? You carry Debo, Ayuk, and Jennings, and then Conley, Ronnie Bell, Willie Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, and... You would assume Ronnie Bell after tonight, right? I think Ronnie Bell has, has the leg up on that, that competition. Yeah. I think it would be the three starters and Ronnie Bell. You hope... Willie Sneed, Chris Conley, whoever makes it through waivers, mm-hmm. and you can add them back in. And, and while Ray Ray McLeod and um, and Danny Gray get get healthy, you bring them back, and, and you can add them onto the fifty three man roster that way. But you have to hope that they make it through waivers. Otherwise, you're going to have to add someone else some other way. Danny Gray and Trey Lance almost the exact same career trajectory if he's out for the entire year. Don't bring that. Up. I'm just <laughs> just saying, like two young guys who have high potential who are going to. Potentially be out for the year, maybe not be in Danny Gray's case, but that man, like the receiver room is screwed. Yeah, really, when it comes to depth, not the stars. Really, the the only bad news from today, Danny Gray, a potentially serious injury. What what do you say? Shoulder, shoulder slash collarbone. They're, collarbone. Not, they're not sure yet. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. When we do know, we won't hear anything tonight, most likely. But we'll keep you updated throughout the week. Of course, on ninety five seven, the game uh, going to be interesting because you already are. You have roster crunches going on mm-hmm. at other positions. You can't afford to add another wide receiver. Six wide receivers is a lot yeah. in the first place. Two of those guys are going to be injured. Maybe it makes it easier if Danny Gray is a season injury because you can put yeah. him on season-ending IR now. You don't want that to happen, but it would save you a little bit of roster flexibility. Um, but we'll, we'll, of course, keep that in mind, and we'll break it all down as we do get that information. 
Time now, though, for one final break. We have one segment coming up on the other side. We'll talk about some of the other stars of this game. Ronnie Bell. Some good, some bad. We'll talk about him, others as well. It's overtime, 30 more minutes here on 95.7 The Game. Sterling Bennett, Mark Randy, Craig Valentino coming back after this. You're listening to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I think, honestly, just keep honing in on the little details and stuff throughout the week. You know, trying to be accurate as best as possible at practice. You know, obviously chip away at, you know, trying to take away from, you know, the mistakes at practice and and feel, um, you know, not perfect, but, you know, get close to it. And so I want to be able to practice consistent and, um, you know, come or week one, be ready to rip it. So we're getting there. Now back to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Just rip it! Rip it! Rip it, Brock Purdy! You ripped it today! <laughs> he was good in one drive for the 49ers against the Broncos. Four for five, 65 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions on his one drive. Led the team down for three points. Jake Moody chip shot, 20-yard field goal. Moody made three field goals, did miss an extra point, oddly enough. But the 49ers win 21-20. to Purdy started it off. Sam Darnold played really the middle half of the game. Trey Lance played the very end of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter and led the 49ers to three scoring drives in the fourth and led them to a 21 to 20 victory over the San Francisco, or pardon me, over the Denver Broncos for the San Francisco 49ers. But you just heard from Brock Purdy talking about not being worried about his practice interception numbers we talked about it on the kickoff show earlier today sterling that's your opportunity to see what you got to test things out see what your limits are he gets in the game and he does what he does best give it to your playmakers make the smart play avoid turnovers avoid sacks as best you can and that's what made brock purdy and this Niners seem successful last year so uh I think it's easy to see, oh, he threw three interceptions today in practice. It's easy to see that, react to that, and be like, uh-oh, is he healthy? Is he fully there? Like, what's going on? But I think it's important to keep in mind, practice is when you are trying to find your limits. Brock Purdy has given us no reason in games to worry that he's going to become a high turnover guy. When did we start taking practice interceptions as like, like why does it matter? Like, when Dan Marino was leading the Dolphins and probably throwing a ton of picks in practice, <laughs> taking so many chances, but he was one of, if not the best quarterback in the NFL during his career, no one was like, Dan Marino threw five picks in practice, oh my goodness, bench him for the backup quarterback. Like, no one was doing that stuff. Like, I think it, it only matters when there is... Like, like, do I make fun of Dak Prescott? Yeah, it's Dak Prescott for throwing five picks <laughs> in the practice, but when Brock Purdy does it, just forget it all about it. I, th- I think, I mean... Dak Prescott's an interesting case because I feel like there's not many Dak Prescott fans out there, even within within the Cowboys fan. Cowboy fans hate Dak Prescott. <laughs> we love him because he can't win a playoff game, but 
I digress. Yeah, back-to-back seasons, their, their year ends at the helm. Well, the same way the first half ended tonight was almost the same That's way the game ended in the playoffs. By the way, Jair Brown, a big tackle wow. there at the end of that one. If you missed it, very... He saved two touchdowns so far in two games. Yeah, you're right. He has. Very end of the first half, Broncos in possession. They hit a big pass down the left sideline. Uh, it was... Correct me if I'm wrong. It was in coverage... Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, you're right. He got beat down the field... Missed a tackle, kind of collided with Isaiah Oliver. <laughs> they were already behind the play. They weren't making the tackle, but they kind of awkwardly collided, and the wide receiver ran down the sideline, broke one more tackle, kind of cut back inside to get to the end zone with like 15 seconds left, and Jair Brown tackled them like at the half-yard line. Mm-hmm. If it's a regular season game, they probably stopped the clock and review to see if he got in. It was a rule that he was down just shy of the goal line. The Broncos a little bit slow getting to the offense or getting to the line and to, to snap the ball and and uh, spike it. They don't get the the snap off in time. Half is over. So Jair Brown, the rookie safety out of Penn State, a nice play, tackled him, saved a touchdown, saved you seven points. Without that, Niners probably don't win this ball game. He's already making game saving <laughs> plays in the first half. Mark, start him over to Sean Gibson right now. He started today. Might start next week, too. Maybe. We'll see. What if the starters play and it's Jaya Brown? Oh. Oh. Kyle, what are you doing? What if the starters play and Nick Bosa isn't there? Oh. (laughs) Well, then I'm just sad. (laughs) Then I'm going, Andre Jackson, Clone Farrell, Alex Barrett, Kerry Hyder, Austin Bryant, who actually had a good game today, but that... Defensive line room is not good or very unproven of, yes. yeah, Nick Bosa, you got your star in there. It makes things a lot easier. Yeah. All right, we got about 20 minutes left in overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Hit us up. Let, let us know your thoughts on the Xfinity mobile text line, 888-957-9570. You can also let us know what you think uh, about this performance tonight on the YouTube chat and on Twitch as well. We're keeping an eye on all three here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. Let's focus here for a little bit, Sterling, in our final 20 minutes on the battle at the... Quarterback, or pardon me, the wide receiver spot. Quarterback for three hours. <laughs> yeah. It's on my mind, can't you tell? Uh, the wide Brandon receiver Allen. room. And we can also include lump in kick returner and punt returner here because mm-hmm. they are certainly related. Um, but with the injury to Ray Ray McLeod and now to Danny Gray, we don't know the severity of Danny Gray. He's yep. going to get an x ray at some point. We'll probably know maybe tomorrow, if not tomorrow, Monday, the result, and we'll probably have a timeline at that point. It makes things really difficult for the 49ers in the wide receiver department now because you have to keep these guys, if they're not going on season IR, you have to keep them on your 53-man roster in order to then put them on like a, a couple-week injured list, the PUP list, keep them out for four weeks, whatever the situation is. So the 49ers have a roster squeeze there. You have Ronnie Bell, a rookie, fighting for a spot who had... A good day today. He had some really good moments, and then he had some really bad moments. He had one drop that turned into an interception again, similar to what happened last week against the Raiders. He also had a fumble after a catch. It was recovered by the 49ers, so they avoided a turnover there. But he had a number of really nice catches. He's electric. He breaks tackles. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter already call him like an honorary member of the Yak Bros. Seven oh seven right now. He's a Yak Bro. Yeah, there it is. Ronnie Bell is another Yak Bro. He tends to make those kinds of plays. He's electric with the ball in his hands, but he has some butterfingers as well. He's he's committed really two turnovers, almost a third already in two preseason games, but you can't deny the explosiveness and, and the plays that he has made to help this 49er team so far. It feels like he has an opportunity to earn a roster spot as a wide receiver. What helps him as well is he has potential as a kick and a punt returner. He hasn't fumbled in that regard. One of his competitors for that spot has... Ronnie Bell opening some eyes, Kyle Shanahan upset at some of the turnover plays that he's making, but you, you can't deny that he's exciting with the ball in his hands. You're watching him, he's breaking tackles, he's running through tacklers. He's he's kind of small, it kind of surprises <laughs> me, honestly. He's not this big guy, he doesn't seem like your prototypical wide receiver who's going to break a bunch of tackles, but with the ball in his hands, he's electric, he's fun to watch. With seven catches tonight, 114 yards, uh, Arguably made the play of the game, huge chunk play in the final drive to set up a game-winning field goal for the team. Like there is like there isn't a lot of separation in his routes. 
But when he gets the ball, he's kind of a game changer. Now, again, he's playing against third-string defensive backs and second-teamers, right? I, I, I get that. But what he's shown on paper and on film thus far has been really impressive. And if you're going to bank on someone playing somewhat of a role on whether it's offense or special teams, out of anybody, it's not Chris Conley and ain't Willie Sneed. It's, it's Ronnie Bell. Like He's been really good. Now, yes, there has been some maybe some not-so-great. He's had two balls off his face and his hands uh, the past two weeks that have been interceptions. Not good. Had a fumble today that was recovered by the San Francisco 49ers. So yeah. there is some turnover proneness on by him. But other than that, um, I think he's been, if not the most, one of the most exciting players and standout players thus far through preseason. Yeah, here's Kyle Shanahan on his rookie seventh-round pick, wide receiver Ronnie Bell. It starts by being able to make plays. And, you know, lots of guys... You know, you expect guys to catch it, you know, when they're in a good spot. And he's missed two of those, which were very similar, um, both of them, um, that have led to picks. But, I mean, I think all you guys saw the plays he's made. I mean, just with the ball in his hand, breaking tackles, I think that's a lot of get for a guy to do that in his first two games as a punt returner and as a receiver. Shows that he can hang with our group, and hopefully he can clean the stuff up because we did give him a lot of opportunities. Uh, so by no means was he perfect. So he's still got a long way to go, and he's got to get better. But having Danny down today, Ray Ray down, we need some guys to step up up and he's getting himself a chance that's the reality of the situation potentially two relatively serious injuries at the wide receiver room now reserve wide receivers not your starting wide receivers and danny gray and ray ray mcleod but that opens up opportunities ronnie bell last week against the raiders the niners leading receiver three catches for 58 yards had that 37 yard catch down the right sideline from sam darnold this week as you mentioned seven catches 114 yards had that 43 yard pass over the middle a catch and run that set up the 49ers game winning field goal 21 to 20 is the final score jake moody drilled it from 32 yards out as time expired it's it's almost as if he, despite the fact that he's he's making some of these mistakes, again, the two drops that turned into interceptions and the fumble, which was recovered, he can get away with them because of what the 49ers wide receiver room is right now. If if I were to, to make a guess right now, I think he's making this roster. As a seventh-round rookie out of Michigan, I think he's making this team simply because the 49ers don't have a ton of other options at the wide receiver room right now. Two of their guys down with injuries. We don't know the severity, again, of Danny Gray, who we haven't seen a ton of so far in his time with the 49ers. We certainly hope it's not that serious, but if it is something that keeps him out for at least the beginning of the regular season, which seems somewhat likely at Mm -hmm. least, it does seem to be more serious than we had originally hoped or that we originally thought when he went down on that first play of the game, Ronnie Bell might be one of the Niners' only answers to their current wide receiver problem. He's probably going to make the roster by default. He can be your fourth or fifth receiver behind your top three guys. He can also be your kick returner and punt returner. Now, is he going to be the best at those jobs? Probably not. Like you, You want Danny Gray or you want McLeod back there, and assuming they're healthy again, they'll probably replace him at a certain point unless he proves something else in the meantime but it's more about can you grow as a receiver while you have an opportunity and just kind of be a complacent generic wait for a fair catch and don't fumble the football when you're on special teams like Deshaun Jameson tonight fumbled that knocks him down a peg Ronnie Bell didn't and also was really good in the receiving game like that that stuff right there that, that sets you apart from guys who you're kind of trying to fight for the same position to kind of earn your spot on the roster. Like, coming into today, the idea was Ronnie Bell might be on the bubble. Showing some good things, but he might not make the team. Tonight, he's making the team. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I don't know. Am, am I crazy to think that both Ronnie Bell and Deshaun Jameson could make this roster? Because what Ronnie Bell has working for him, mm-hmm. unfortunately for the Niners, is the injuries to other wide receivers. What Deshaun Jameson has working for him, these guys are both vying for kick return and punt return reps as well. But what Deshaun Jameson, the quarterback, has working for him, cornerback, um, is the Niners' questions at nickel corner. Mm -hmm. They have no clue who is going to start week one at nickel corner. And it obviously impacts who's starting at their other corner spot opposite Mooney Ward. Both these guys, Deshaun Jameson undrafted and Ronnie Bell, seventh-round rookie, not only are they being... 
know, their odds of making the roster are increased because of the injury to Ray McLeod, the kick and punt returner, but they're also at two position groups where there are question marks all over the place. So am I crazy to think that both of those guys are making this roster? I think Bell is a better chance than Jamison does, but right now with Isaiah Oliver not really proving to be a starter, he, he didn't start tonight. Um, Lenore did inside, and Emory Thomas played outside across from Mooney Ward. Uh, so if that's going to be the case and they feel comfortable playing Ambry Thomas, which he was kind of off and on today, kind of a mixed bag from him, good coverage early on the post route towards the end zone yeah. in the first quarter, uh, but then you know late in the first half makes a dumb play and lets the guy go by him for 35 yards, almost for a touchdown, right? And, and so if Ambry Thomas can prove enough to be able to start on the outside, or even if they want to give a young player a chance, and Isaiah Oliver's like, I can only play the nickel. I've tried to play the outside in Atlanta and I failed. You're sitting here with Womack and Jamison and Thomas and Lenore and Mooney Ward. All five of those guys can play outside, and four of them can play outside and inside. What's Oliver's role? Is he going to be a de facto backup nickel cornerback? Usually, those guys don't make teams. If that's the case, do you keep Taylor Hawkins a safety? Do you keep Miles Hartfield, the special team safety guy, while George Odom is still hurt? Like There are so many options for this team in the secondary that... A guy you're paying almost $3 million this year, $2.91 million this year, might not make the team, and he was supposed to be your Jimmy Ward replacement this year. Yeah, and he had a really bad moment in this game early. I think it was the first quarter, third and third eight. Third and eight, yep. And there was a quick throw out, I think it was to a tight end on the left flat um, from, the, from the offense's perspective, and out there to meet him is Isaiah Oliver in the right spot. Yep. He's right there to make the play. But he doesn't wrap up, and the tight end breaks the tackle and gets the first down to move the chains. Really bad moment for Isaiah Oliver. You, if you're going to be a starter on the center team, you can't miss tackles like that. At the very least, you got to slow him down and let the rest of your defense right. come and wrap him up short of the sticks. He did not do that. He, he whiffed like entirely on the tackle, turned into a first down. They move the chains. They go down and score. That was a really bad moment. The one thing that Isaiah Oliver has going for him is what you mentioned. The Niners owe him or are owed what three million nearly two point nine one. That's a decent chunk of money. I mean, I know it's not like going to break their bank, and it's not going to keep them from resetting Nick Bosa or anything. That that's not. But what when this you have is. five million dollars estimated in cap space, you don't want to lose two point nine hundred percent. So I feel like you say Ronnie Bell by default making the roster because of the injuries to the wide receiver room, despite the fact that Isaiah Oliver is struggling mightily. Because of what he's owed, compared to what these other guys are owed, I feel like the Niners are going to be like, well, we, we kind of got to keep him on this 53-man roster. We're well, not cutting him. Well, it's like money and draft status, right? And I think that comes exactly. into place with Cam Latu today, who had a really nice day. We we kind of kind of talked down towards him today in the pregame. I've made jokes throughout the last two weeks. He has bricks for hands, and he goes out <laughs> butterfingers. And he's had a drop problem, and today there was one play where he was like holding on for <laughs> dear life, saying, saying like, I can catch the football. He I can actually the, do this. He got the ball with his chest. He, he, <laughs> it bounced around like three times between his hands and his chest. You can see him look at his hands and say, <laughs> I can do this. And then he had a really good game after that. He three catches, down. three catches, 46 yards, 15.3 yards per catch, one touchdown from Trey Lance to, to get that team close to getting the game winning drive. Man, he needed that. And like, you can tell that. We talked about Trey Lance needs the reps. Cam Lawtu just needs to catch the football, and he did tonight. And I think, again, it's one game. It's a microcosm of everything that's going on in training camp and preseason and practice. But Cam Lawtu today, in a small glimpse, small window, did show a reason as to why San Francisco drafted him. He can get open, and when he can catch the football, he can make some plays. Yeah, so I mean, we both agree. Stock up on Cam Lawtu. Oh, yes. 100%. Yes. This was his... The best night of his professional career. In a short two-game stint, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, even talking about, like, say, a day in practice. Yeah. I mean, he's had some moments in practice, but for the most part, when you hear Cam Latu's name, it's because he dropped the pass in the end zone yeah. in 11-on-11. 11 11 he drills. fumbled last week after yeah. catching a ball. Like, you can tell <laughs> he's been in his head. And today, yeah. caught the football, calmed him down. You saw some confidence from him. He was open on a play and scored a touchdown. Yeah, so we talked about during the kickoff show the pressure on Jake Moody, mm-hmm. the pressure on Cam Latu, mm-hmm. and 
that pressure also squarely on Kyle Shanahan and the decision makers for the 49ers. Because those two picks <laughs> were, what, 99 and 101? Yep. Right? In mm-hmm. the third round. And entering the day. Not good. Your third round kicker, your third round tight end. 0 for 2 on field goal attempts in the in your first preseason game. By the way, he missed an extra point today, but he did go 3 for 3 on field goals, including the game winner from 32 yards out. And your third round tight end, a case of the dropsies. And he, he ends up coming through today with a really nice game. So not only is it stock up for those guys, but I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and company back in Niners facility in Santa Clara has been like, okay, thank God they put good days together <laughs> because those picks were looking disastrous for a bit. Well, it does feel like today after last week against the Raiders, it was more of a sigh of relief kind of day where yes. really bad on all accounts, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, defense, just... What was that in Las Vegas? And today it's, okay, like, we're going to be fine. Deep breath. Jake Moody's going to be okay. You don't want to miss the extra point, but I'll take 9 of 10 points <laughs> on the board. Cam Lawtu bounces back. Trey Lance bounces back. Had a really good day today. Um, even guys like Amory Thomas getting their start have a good day. Now, there are still things to clean up. The offensive line is really shaky, but I thought as kind of an overall... The starting offensive line really good without Trent Williams being out there. Uh, I thought... Again, Cam Lottie was good. Ronnie Bell was great. Debo Samuel looked really good. Like, there's a lot to take away from this game. Whereas last week, it's what is this team? How do you even react to what that was on TV? Yeah. Today, it's almost thumbs up all across the board. Like, it was really an overwhelmingly success for San Francisco today. It really was. A couple of minutes left here on overtime on 95-7, the game. One thing I, I did want to throw out to you really quick before we do wrap things up without Christian McCaffrey today. Also, Elijah Mitchell still out with an injury. It seems like that's the story of his career, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You got to see a lot of uh, Ty Davis-Price and Jordan Mason today. Also, Jeremy McNichols got in at the end and played a lot of that fourth quarter, had six carries for 29 yards. Ty Davis-Price, four rushes, 22 yards. Jordan Mason, eight for 24. You mentioned on the kickoff show, you feel like with Elijah Mitchell's injury history, perhaps Jordan Mason and TDP, Ty Davis-Price, are competing for... The RB two spot. Well, I think they want Chris McCaffrey, undisputed, see, you know, yes, running back one, if not the best player in the NFL, really, <laughs> when it comes to being a skilled position player. But I think they want Jordan Mason to be that short yardage closer in the fourth quarter. If it's third and three, go out there and ice this game for us and get the drive moving. And there's two minutes left. Get us past the two minute warning so we can take three knees and call it a day. For TDP, averaging five point five yards an attempt. You can tell for him, and I think there's a reason he was drafted in the third round last year. We're talking about third round picks. Jake Moody came law to TP. Like, Tidyvis Price has a chance to win this running back two job. Uh, Mitchell can really never stay healthy, unfortunately, because when he's healthy, he's really good. Yeah. But for TDP to come in here, um, there was one play that, you know, misses a pass block, and I get it, doesn't fight for a ball in the air. There are still things a young player has to improve on that may not make Kyle Shanahan want to play him more often, but had a huge run to put this game kind of on ice and get them into, you know, field goal territory at like the 10 yard line yep. and, and give Trey Lance three knees, a timeout and let Moody go out there and get that game winning field goal. So TDP, decisive running, almost six yards of carry. How can you look at that and say, I don't want that as my running back too? Really decisive in his cuts. Uh, and, and I think the field vision has improved so much from him in just his second year in the NFL that it's going to be hard to say no to getting him reps come the regular season. Yeah, that 15-yard run that essentially sealed the win for the 49ers. All it took was the 32-yard field goal for Jake Moody. Good play there for Ty Davis-Price. I thought he needed it. I tend to lean Jordan Mason in this battle specifically because of Jordan Mason's ability in the pass protection game. It seems like he's picking that up much quicker and better than Ty Davis-Price. There was a moment in this first half, I think it was when Sam Darnold was in, and there was just a free rusher up the (laughs) middle, Ty Davis-Price, not going out on a route. He was there to block, to pass protect, and he absolutely whiffed on a block, and I think it turned into a sack. If not a sack, it was just a throwaway incompletion. Um, But he missed on that, and that's something that if you're a reserve running back under Kyle Shanahan, you make a mistake like that, you're going to lose reps as a result. I think that's what hurt him last year as well, when Jordan Mason was getting some run before the Christian McCaffrey acquisition. So we'll see how it does play out. A good end to Ty Davis-Price's game, but I think I lean Jordan Mason. Well, what's the old saying? Like, What is their saying in San Francisco? No block? No rock. <laughs> TDP, 
you got to block if you want to get some carries. And I think, you know, Jordan Mason does have some versatility in special teams. And it can do, I think yeah. that's what separated him last year. But for Tidavis Price, it's all like, what does Elijah Mitchell do? Is he great in pass blocking? He's fine. Can't do it. He's a good runner. <laughs> he's a good runner. And he's, like, Tidavis Price fights for every yard. He does. Like, he, he rarely, runs hard. rarely goes down. And you keep your head down, keep your pads low. That's going to get you carries in the in in the, in the, the NFL. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for tuning in all night long. Also, those of you who were with us for the kickoff show earlier today, thank you so much. It was a really fun day here on 95.7 The Game. Again, the Niners pick up a win 21-20 to over the Denver Broncos. One more preseason game left on Friday, September, uh, Friday, or pardon me, Friday, August 25th. I'm looking ahead to the regular season. Friday, August 25th, the Niners against the Chargers, 7 o'clock kickoff for the Niners in their final preseason game of the year coming up in six days from now. Again, thank you so much for tuning in all night long. For Craig Valentino, behind the glass for my partner Sterling Bennett, this is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game, and have a great rest of your weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.